When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This podcast is brought to you by Shelter Insurance, recently ranked highest in customer satisfaction among auto insurers in the central region four out of five years in a row by J.D. Power. Shelter Insurance, we're your shield, we're your shelter. And by Socket. Socket Fiber is now available. The fastest, most reliable internet combined with local service and simple billing. Contact Socket today for voice, data, and internet services for your home and business. 1-800-SOCKET-3 or visit socket.net. Also by Raceline. With over 30 years of turnkey project execution, Raceline is an industry leader in engineering, manufacturing, and installation of modular process systems. Welcome to Inside Mizzou Athletics, presented by Shelter Insurance. Find an agent for your auto, home, and life at shelterinsurance.com. Welcome to Truman's Pond, presented by Shelter Insurance, the Mizzou Swimming and Diving Podcast. I'm your host and associate head coach with Mizzou, Alec Hayden. With me here is my co-host, Noah Mitchell. Noah, it's been a little while since we've done one of these. How you been? Uh, Pretty good. You know, uh, for me, it's been more dropping down, getting prepared for... Uh, the next portion of the season for the non-NCAA crew, but you guys have been still going. How are you doing? Uh, good, good. We've been busy. Uh, we went to the SEC championships. You got to come join us this year. What did you think of your first SEC championship? Um, I, w- I was like talking with my roommates about this because some of them are still swimming. We had our college meet happen at the same time as SECs. So they were like, what, what does it feel like? Is it different? And I was like, well, on a coaching aspect, like I'm not stressed at all at the meet like it's very different from what it was as an athlete where I'm just like I'm there enjoying just watching people swim and I know how fast everyone on our team should be based off the training they do but I was like the atmosphere is electric and I said it when you watch swimming and you watch someone 
swimming fast in a heat, it's normally in comparison to how fast the other people in the heat are going, right? So then maybe some people are going like two double O and two IMs, which in long-term perspective, maybe not that fast, but if the rest of the heat is about that, it's a good race and it's enjoyable to watch. So for us, it was, I got the best of both worlds. I got high intensity racing as well as fast. So for me, it was a blast. Yeah, and and I'll say that uh, for me, it's not <laughs> nearly as low key as it was for you. <laughs> no. I think one of the things that I love about being a coach versus an athlete, like when you're an athlete and you go to these meets, like you're you're feeling the intensity for your race. When you're a coach, you're riding that roller coaster for every single swimmer that you coach. So it's kind of like I don't know. It's almost like an addiction where you get you get that adrenaline rush every single time one of your athletes gets in the water. Just I don't know. That's part of why I love coaching. Yeah, I w- I would definitely agree with that. Um, I'm just rather like I understand that perspective but for me at that point it's like I, I can't be too nervous about it because they already did all the work right I'm like there's there's not much more I can do on the sidelines here it's so, true it's true at that point it's like but the adrenaline rush way. after they swim well yes that that <laughs> feeds you and you're just like alright let's see what the next person has and we had a lot of that at SEC's and uh, speaking of swimming well let's get to our guest here we, uh, we have a, a great guest our newest SEC champion coming off a win in the 200 fly uh, also third place in the 100 fly uh, ninth place in the 200 back uh, he comes to us from France by way of Canada let's welcome Clem Osecki. hi nice to meet you <laughs> nice to meet you <laughs> no I'm doing good it's a pleasure to be here it's my first time doing a podcast so we'll see how it goes yeah well it's fun we're pretty relaxed here yeah. we'll, we'll try to go easy on you so let's uh, let's let's continue this thread and let's jump into your SEC experience so I guess go on, let's go back to just before the meet what were your expectations going into that um, SEC championship? So the taper was going pretty well, but um, so it's my, my my first year here. So it was my first time doing a different type of training with a different team, different coaches. And we didn't uh, really do a taper in December. Mm-hmm. So it, I didn't really like know what to expect, especially that it was also yards. So it was my first time doing yards uh, tapered. And just this year, like, it was my first time jumping into a yards pool in September. So yeah, I I mean, I, I had um, expectations for sure, but I didn't really know if they were going to be met. But I was just going there, exciting to be racing and then exciting to see how the team was going to do. Yeah, let's, let's, I guess, go back even further then, just based on some of the things that you're just talking about there. What first was it like coming into a yards pool? Well, <laughs> to be honest, I thought it was going to feel shorter, and it didn't feel much shorter than... <laughs> so you're expecting it. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, for those listening uh, that don't really know much about our program, uh, Clem is from France originally, uh, did four years at McGill University in Montreal, and then came to us as a grad transfer. So uh, where we swim, it's in a 25-yard pool. Everywhere else in the world is either in a 25-meter pool or a 50-meter pool. Exactly. So the difference between 25 meters and 25 yards, I thought it was going to be bigger. But in the end, it wasn't. But no, I got, I got used to it pretty fast. I was kind of, at the beginning, I didn't know the, the flags were also at five yards and not five meters. So I was like, why am I so close every time on backstroke to the wall? But then, yeah, <laughs> it was, it was the biggest two differences, I guess, I noticed at the beginning. And what, um, you talk about the difference in training, what were some of the major differences in the training style from what you're used to to what we've done here at Mizzou? Yeah, um, so 
It's uh, it was definitely uh, so the the first difference is the number of practices. I was not used to training that much in Canada. In Canada, I would only have uh, one or two morning swims uh, mm -hmm. per week. And here, uh, we started right off the bat on Monday morning, Tuesday morning, uh, Wednesday morning, Thursday morning. Uh, no, not Friday. Thursday morning, and mm -hmm. Friday morning. So it was it was intense. And then the lifting also was different. Uh, I lifted uh, much more here um, and did also a lot of Olympic weightlifting. I didn't do it at all uh, last year. I did a little bit two years ago when I was back in Marseille in France. So, so yeah, just uh, like the the volume and intensity was much higher here than what I was used to in uh, in Canada. How hard was that for you to adjust to? The the first month month was pretty rough. Um, I was coming off, uh, so I had European Championships in the middle of August, so it was very late, and uh, I only took a, a week break for when I was. Uh, I had COVID during that week, and you were so at, I didn't recover that well, and then I came straight into here. And because you were in the European Championships, it actually went into our school year, so you were actually probably two weeks after everyone yep. else got here and started training, so you jumped into exactly. like the third week of training. Exactly. I jumped in the third week of training. I was two weeks late in classes, too, so it was it was a little rough at the beginning, and I didn't have a bed in my room. I just moved <laughs> in. I didn't really plan it very well. I was just hoping so where did you sleep? Those, those first people. few nights, uh, I just slept on an air mattress for like a good two weeks. Oh, geez. <laughs> two weeks. So, <laughs> so yeah, and, uh, and I didn't have a car either, so I just couldn't just try to Walmart and just buy a bed. So I was just waiting, and then I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll just order one <laughs> and online, and it, it worked out. But yeah, so the beginning was a little rough for sure, but uh, yeah, and then I got I got used to it. So then back to SECs. I mean, you came off some very high-level meets, world championships, European championships, um, but the environment at SECs is still quite a bit different than those. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I definitely uh, I, I came here because I, uh, I I've been watching SECs and NCs for the past what six seven years. So I I, I was seeing on the videos the the hype around the deck, the swimmers just going wild, and the energy looked really awesome. So I was excited to see this, and then I was not disappointed. I mean, the first night where it's only relays was really really crazy because. It's only eight swimmers on the team or less that swim this night, and all the others are cheering and there. Mm -hmm. And then the stands were just packed, so just uh, it was loud because it's not also that big of a pool because it's 25 yards. Whereas in uh, let's say World Championships, it's a much bigger it's pool, 50 so, meters, so it's, yeah, it can it feels spread different. Spread out you know? around the exactly. whole competition Here, course. It's packed, so it was nice. And then the second day, I remember I was just uh, watching the 500 yards women's freestyle, and it was heat too, and. I was looking around and I was like, this is wild. This is a 500 yards women's freestyle heat, two out of 10. And the pool was going nuts. I was like, where am I? <laughs> this never happens. In big in big meets, like world championships or European champs, the heats are just dead. There's not much people in the stands, not much energy. It's tough. And the longer the races are, like distance or f like 400, it's, there's not much cheering going on usually. I think <laughs> it was wild. SEC has almost ruined other meets for me because I come into like Olympic trials in prelims or, or last summer we had uh, like international team trials and I'm expecting the energy that we have at SECs because that's just what we're used to, right? And it's just not there, right? It's, it's just the level, the atmosphere of the meet is unlike any other meet uh, I've ever been at and it's crazy and it's, it's just there's so many people, you know, with 
12 women's teams, 10 men's teams, all at the same meet. Most other conferences split up men and women or they don't have as many, and it just everyone goes all in for SECs. I think you look at, you know, Pac-12s that are happening right now, you might see some of those teams that are, you know, waiting for NCAAs, right? But everyone cares about winning SECs and, and being at their best there. Just it's, it's such a fun meet. Yeah, it's nice. And ev- everyone brings a, a lot of swimmers, too. So I, I don't I don't know how NCs are, are going to be, but the fact that it's not combined and then there's much smaller teams, I guess the cheering will be a, a little a, a little different, a lot different. There's definitely the energy at NCAA's is definitely less in prelims. I think it's pretty similar in finals, but but like you're yeah. talking about in prelims, there for even the distance races, it's it's pretty crazy. So let's talk about some of your races. So so first individual event was the hundred fly. Yep. I took third against some some pretty yeah. elite competition. Yeah, yeah. I had some pretty big competition. I I, I knew from uh, day one that I was gonna be battling with these two guys, and uh, yeah, I was I was hoping. I mean, uh, I knew if I had a good race, I could get third, and then if anything happened or. It would like I had an amazing race, or someone did a mistake. I could get a better place, but yeah, no, I ended up having a good race, and I wasn't too far off these guys. But yeah, so no, it it, it was fun to race, and it was it was uh, I still won the best time in the morning, in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was I was pretty stoked with it. So how did that? build your confidence then into the tuner fly so after the hunter fly what what's your mental approach going to the tuner fly yeah so so for the two fly it's very different i i knew so my 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 goal from the first week of september i remember um so in short course meters i was always like i was really good at the hundred and i was also really good at the 200 but i was like i wish there was a 150 that would be like my, my best race yeah and so i knew coming in two yards i would be like oh the, that the two yards uh 200 yards butterfly would be my best race because it would be right in between my endurance and like lactate production and sprinting and speed so from the first like week i i did some practice and i was like okay yeah the two flight it's gonna be it's gonna be my goal this year and uh, yeah, I was I was definitely aiming to win at SECs, and I knew my competition. So so yeah, the heats. I mean, it's a two fly in the heats, so I, I don't really usually enjoy it. <laughs> it's like, You're just trying to get through to the finals. Exactly, yeah, just just trying to get through and not losing too much energy. You don't want to go all out because you know you have a second swim. But also, you can't go too easy, and no matter how easy you go, it's still gonna hurt because it's a two fly. So yeah. it's it's a weird in between because you're dead after the race and you didn't swim very fast. So it's like it's like whatever. But yeah, I, yeah. Then the final, it just yeah. I knew it was a championship final. I was I was ready for it. I was confident no matter which lane I was. I, was th- I think I was in lane one. Seven. Oh, seven, yeah, seven. Yeah. No, so the seven. other side, yeah. I was in like lane seven, and then um, I knew I, I was, I did the best training. I, I did everything I, I could do to, to swim fast and have a good race, and I knew exactly what to do. And so, yeah. So, and, and in the actual race itself, I mean, you're out fastest, right? I mean, you, yep. you led the race the whole way. When you get out at the 50, are you seeing where you are? Like, can you see around? Do you know? Do you know you're winning? Can you tell? Or are you just in your own lane? Uh, not really. It's like one of, it's like those races where you're just, like, so in the zone that you just, like, kind of, like, black out. You just focus on the on the stroke and the, and the swimming. So I could see. 
I uh, when I turn, I breathe on the on the left, so I could see lane uh, zero, but which is supposed to be the the slowest or second slowest swimmer uh, mm. in the in the final, and I could see that he wasn't too far off me, and I was like, damn, am I, what am I doing? But then, <laughs> well, did so you know, I, he I was having really, a great swim too. Yeah, he was having a great swim. I didn't really know if I was I was ahead because I couldn't see the others from the other side, so I was just doing my race, and it, it worked out well. So, so when you touch the wall and you look at the scoreboard, you don't know. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't really know. I'm not sure. I'm like, I know that the lane right next to me is not is not in front. Definitely, the lane to my right is not in front. So I'm like, okay, maybe there's one guy all the way to the the other end of the pool in front, but maybe not. So, what's the first thought that goes through your head when you see the scoreboard? I mean, the first the first thing is I, I wanna I wanna be hearing the 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 crowd going wild and hearing my teammates. I knew where they were, so then I look at them and then I look immediately at the scoreboard and I, I don't even look at the time because who cares about the time in a final? Uh-huh. And I just see first and I'm like, hell yeah! <laughs> and then it's time to stand on the lane rope to sit on the lane rope and, <laughs> and celebrate with the your water. team. And yeah, yeah, and then it, it, it was fun. I the the thing I remember is. At the 150, uh, there were um, some of my teammates at the at the wall uh, behind the blocks, mm-hmm. and I could hear them cheer for me when I I turned uh, at the 150, and I was like, God, I cannot lose this race, I gotta win it, and yeah, so that was fun. So those guys helped you get home behind the blocks yeah. there. Yeah, definitely. It was like a little reminder of, you know, you're not just doing this for yourself, you're doing it for the team and scoring points for the team and it's going to impact all the team so you got to win it so coming here to Missouri you came off a pretty dominant U Sports U Sports is a Canadian version of NCAAs correct yep yep uh, where you won the 50 the 100 and the 200 fly yep uh, you came off of winning French national championship and going to world championships uh, how does winning SECs rank amongst those accolades I mean, uh, it's 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 different. I mean, you can't really compare or like rank, but it's it's uh, it's uh, it's as good as uh, I mean, it's as good as winning U Sports, as good as winning nationals. I think it's yeah, it's uh, it's great, and you know, uh, it's a goal I've been working towards for the since September and even way before. So like I've thought about it way before, but I just never really allowed myself to set it as a goal because I was in Canada, so I I didn't know in my let's say my first year in Canada I didn't know that I was gonna end up in the SEC mm-hmm. for my fifth year. So so yeah, no, it definitely ranks high. No, I imagine that great. that winning your national title was probably pretty special, and getting to wear the French flag on your cap and represent France was pretty cool too. Yeah, it was it was very very special. So I, I came off U um, Sports. I had an amazing U Sports. Then I got COVID on the last day of the meet. So you've had COVID twice now. Yeah, I had COVID oh, man. twice. Uh, and I had COVID on the last day of the meet, and I was uh, leaving just like a few days after for France for nationals because they were nationals were 10 days later after U Sports. So I was like, I had no real expectations. I knew I was in good shape because I, I just swam amazingly well at, at U Sports, but I just had COVID. And so I just kind of swam easy uh, all the days uh, before the meet. And I came into the meet, uh, the Hardfly, so the race I won was on the last day of the meet. So I had three races before. The first day, I remember, I had the 50 fly, and I swam a PB. I was like, okay, the speed is still there. That's mm-hmm. perfect. That's good. The second day, I didn't have anything. Third day, I had the two fly. 
morning swim was rough, really terrible. <laughs> like a morning two five, but I got through the final. And then in the final, I almost swim my PB, and I was like, oh, that's that's good. That's I mean, I have the endurance, I have everything, so my hundred should be perfect. Mm -hmm. And then the hundred morning swim was just really good. And then in the afternoon, I. I knew what I had to do, and it exactly happened. And then, yeah, I made the, I made the team thanks to the relay. I didn't make the time individually, but the, the FINA championship time. Yeah. Yeah. As I won, I, I came. Uh, I went. I was allowed to go to World Championships and European Championships with the four by one medley relay. So basically, what I'm hearing is we have a little window here since you, you recovered so well from COVID that you could get COVID now and recover and <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> maybe that's yeah. the key. I, I know I, I can do it. It's, fine. it's not that bad. Yeah. Um, what was that experience like? How did that traveling with the French national team, how did that help you develop as an athlete? Like what, what kind of growth came from that experience? So, so it was my first uh, national team. I never made juniors national team or any national teams before. So I didn't really know what to expect. And uh, I started with World Championships, which is, I mean, the second biggest meet you can <laughs> pretty, go to. Pretty after. big meet to start your exactly. national experience with. After the Olympics. So it was like, it was big. And uh, we, had a, we, ha we have a good team right now. There's a good dynamic on the team. And uh, with, like, uh, there were lots of uh, potential uh, medals for uh, Worlds. So it was exciting. We went on training camp for two weeks. Uh, and it was fun. I was just uh, trying to learn out of all the, um, which is nice also at, at the training camp. Everyone kind of brings their coaches. So there's like lots of coaches. So you got to bring your, your club coaches so, with you. So yeah, my, my club coach was there because we were two other people from my club team from Marseille. And uh, yeah, no, it was fun to just exchange with all the swimmers, see how they train, uh, see how they prepare, and then talk with the coaches to... So it was it was a lot of learning, uh, just like uh, you know, being curious, asking questions, mm -hmm. and then yeah, I'm I'm always bold enough to ask questions to anyone, and and yeah, so it was it was a really good learning experience, and then the meet itself was was impressive. I mean, it was impressive. So I wasn't swimming until the sixth day of the meet, so it was like a long wait, mm -hmm. and before I had to experience uh, all the the finals before the days before so on the first day um guy from the french team who won the 4am so it was it was it was wild well to watch it was my first time watching a big meet too in the stands so i, I had never been like either as a swimmer or even as a spectator a to a major championship so like it really it, it takes a lot of energy just just to watch you know the mm -hmm. finals uh, I had just goosebumps. Like I felt like I was gonna race for the first five days. I was in the final, but I wasn't. I was just in the stands, and so yeah, you the, really even have to pace yourself emotionally as yeah, exactly. a teammate when you're not swimming. Till, yeah. and those are long. Those are nine day meets, right? Yeah, That's, it's really long. Those are it's long meets. Really long. And then I had this the heats of the hundred fly, and you know it's it's like there's a in swimming there's a call room, or like a, a ready room. Ready room. They yeah. call it. And and usually in the ready room, like at French nationals, uh, a month and a half before, like I knew I was I was the best swimmer in the ready room. I knew I had done everything, uh, and I knew I was I was going to be the best in the final. When you're at World Championships in the ready room, it's hard to find confidence. You know, you're like seeing all these guys, all these pro athletes. Um, most of them are older, and then they're all super talented. It's huge. It's like you're trying to look at others, and you're like, 
yeah, this guy, I'm not going to beat him. <laughs> this guy, uh, no, no, maybe not. So it's like, just to make it semifinals, you need to be top 16. And I had to swim a, a pretty big PB just to make it back. So I didn't swim my PB, and I ended up being a little, like, I, I had a great preparation, but I was a little tense for the race. So, like, my mind wanted to swim fast, a little too much, maybe. Yeah. I think I replayed that, my race that relaxed 50 times. Confidence. So yeah. what do you do in that, like, when you're in the ready room and you see all these guys and, you know, maybe it's maybe it's at Worlds, maybe it's at the SECs, maybe it's at NCAAs, like, where do you draw to get that confidence up? Well, SEC is like a, I mean, I, I like to, I really like to analyze my competition and, like, kind of know everything about them or their times or what they swim or how they swim the morning or their form, the swim they had before. So I kind of know exactly what to expect. And uh, so at SECs, um, I knew how they swam the morning. I knew their PBs, all the people in my final. So I, I, I knew I was... So you're doing your research and you're knowing yeah, exactly, I know. exactly what to I, expect I from these be, other guys you're racing against. Yeah. I knew I had the chances to win. And then at World Championships, there's a lot more people. It's much harder to tell, so it's yeah, it's just trying to relax and yeah, I mean, kind of take it as if it was a swim like another one. You know, it's just a pool, it's just water, and then it's just it's different competitors. But yeah, yeah. So that I mean, that analytical side is something that uh, has really come through very strong with you, and like. Uh, it'll be like a Wednesday and we'll have the afternoon off practice and I'll get a text from you and it's like here's here's a video of someone's star like what do you think of this or like here check out this guy's stroke like can you break this down what do you think of this where did that come from like how did you get into that is that something that you developed on your own or is that something that a coach inspired you to do to just go into that extra detail and, and level of analytics there it's it's I think it just came out naturally and then so when I was younger, I was uh, much smaller than average. And so I couldn't, like, even if I worked really hard, and also I didn't practice that much, I didn't have uh, lots of, like, practice sessions available. So I was I was always trying to do more, you know, to catch up the, the gap. Find your edge somewhere. The, yeah, exactly. I was always trying to find my edge where I could find it. You know, it was, it was not in my height or not really in my, how many times I was training. So I was training really hard, but then I also had to, like, think about how I eat, my technique, really important, and then learning from every race, learning from practices, learning from others, and just, like, yeah, looking at what what the best are doing, how they do it, and, yeah. Do you think that has, I mean, I always think that people that aren't necessarily the most naturally gifted at a young age that, that um, kind of bloom a little bit later like you said you weren't on a national junior team yeah. or anything like that like you guys are, you're sort of if you love the sport and you want to find success in it you're forced to find other ways that are other than height or, exactly. or natural gift do you feel like that's helped you like not being Definitely. necessarily the best as a young age helped you get yeah. better now and, and come on strong at a later age yeah I think definitely struggling from like 14 years old to like 18 really definitely helped me uh, turn me into who I am today and made me the the hard worker I am today and like yeah trying to like really think of what else can I do outside of practice uh, to just be better become better 
yeah, it definitely shaped me into you know it, it was never easy, mm-hmm. and so that really that in the, in the end it's a it's a bad for for good you know <laughs> like yeah you learn you learn valuable skills yeah, by exactly. struggling like exactly. a lot of people yeah. they get into that struggle and they decide that's nah, not worth it I'll go do something else right I don't want to stick with it but when you figure out how to get through that and and I think. I say this to some of the swimmers, like the most important thing you can learn here is how to struggle and not give up. And I think swimming is just a great tool for teaching that, right? How to, how to deal with adversity and how to, uh, whether it's, I mean, the training, (laughs) the training is very difficult or everyone has plateaus, right? How to get through that plateaus and not see the results and not see the results and then figure out and see the results. I mean, that's going to translate to really every aspect of your life, not just swimming. And it's, you know, whatever, wherever you go after swimming, it's going to be a great skill. Yeah. And I think also what helped is like every year I would get like a little faster, but not enough to be content or like happy with my performances so every year I just you know wanted more it was it was not enough like you know I was, there was eyes I would your... miss like the cut by that much I would miss this by that much I would so every year I would just come back and then like you know you you start um rethinking about everything you did the process you, you're trying to find what you did wrong all the problems whereas when you just like have a really good swim you don't really or like a really good season you don't really like uh, remettre en question. You don't really like. You don't analyze you think, as much because yeah, you, you go, oh, that was yeah, pretty exactly. good. I don't need to. I don't need to look at it, right? Yeah, You're not yeah, looking yeah exactly. At it. It's like you don't learn as much from. Uh, you learn more from your well. failures than your successes. Yeah, exactly. So then, taking your analytical side, what are the biggest lessons from SECs going into NCAA's? Uh, it is. It is intense. Uh, it's a lot of races for sure. Uh, and then, yeah, trying to, and also, like, you need to swim fast in the morning, you know? That's a big lesson. I mean, uh, in the two back, I missed uh, I missed the A final in the morning. I was ninth, and then I, I think I could have placed fifth. Or yeah, fifth, I think. In the, in the A final, so, yeah, it was a, you, you have to go all out in the morning. I know at NCs I won't, in the two fly, I, I could just leave it a little bit, but at NCs, I, I will have to go all out in the morning. That's, that's the biggest difference. NCs is even yep. even more, like, the SECs is deep. Yep. And, it, I mean, it's crazy. We were talking about looking at the 200 free, for example. Uh, the top place in prelims in the 200 free at ACCs, which was happening at the same time, would have been 10th at SECs. Right? Like, that's just some of the depth. But NCAAs is even further, so there's no, you can't leave anything to chance in prelims. No margin for error. You got to go. Yeah, and then stroke counts. Uh, gonna change a few things, a few technical aspects on the on the strokes on the underwaters. That we're gonna change and yeah, um, yeah on the yeah everything else went went pretty well. The water temperature is really cold also compared to swimming pool, <laughs> so I gotta use get used to get this. used to that cold pool. It's fine. I'm I'm, I'm training hard here. So, talk us through the decision to come to the NCAA. So you did your four years in, yeah. in Canada, and I know you you had initially wanted to come to the NCAA, ended up in Canada that whole time. I mean, I guess you, we didn't really know you were going to get that extra year until COVID yeah, pandemic exactly. happened. Yeah. Like, how, how did that process go for you? So... The so first I wanted to go to the United States originally before I went to Canada. I, I wanted to go to come to the NCA, and uh, I had looked at different schools and I had applied to different schools. I took the SATs on my own uh, before high school, like during high school, mm-hmm. and I had made like the I had done the entire process to go to the United States and I didn't end up going. 
because I didn't have uh, uh, enough scholarships or I didn't get good offers at all. Uh, even some coaches were just not replying to me at all. Yeah. And then, so I did my four years in Canada. First three years, I didn't think at all, not even one second about the, the NCA. You know, I was doing super well where I was. I was really happy where I was. It was, it was just perfect. And then my last year, um, so I did my third year, the COVID year in Marseille, by the way. Back, back I went home. back, for, back yeah. home uh, to France to train during COVID because in Canada with the rules, it was just terrible. I couldn't train. So I just competed um, with my club team in Marseille. And I didn't have a, a great season. I didn't really enjoy it at all. Um, so my last year at Miguel was just perfect. I was so happy to be back, and I did super well. And I was not ready to go back to club swimming yet. So I knew I had a fifth year, and then I knew I couldn't take it at Miguel because they don't they don't really have big scholarships for athletics there. And then the MBA programs are just ridiculously expensive there. Yeah. Even if they are good. So I was like, oh, wait a minute. Now I'm like a little bit faster. Now here's your chance to uh, go so to So maybe I can go to the States. So I remember in, I think it was in January last year, February, I, w I started looking at the schools, starting emailing a few coaches. And... Uh, And uh, yeah, I ended up here. <laughs> and I think it should be noted that one of your club teammates at Marseille is Mikhail yep. Schroeders, who is yep. no longer our 200 freestyle school record holder since Jack broke his uh, record a couple weeks ago. But uh, how much did he influence you to come to Mizzou? So when I was looking at the schools uh, in January, I was telling telling him about it, like, oh, what do you think of this place? No, no, no. And then he was like, oh, you should, you should look at Mizzou. And I was like, oh, Mizzou... I didn't really see it, uh, and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll check it out. And then I checked it out, and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll send an email to the coaches. And then now here you are. Yep, dang it, happened. <laughs> what's uh, so living in America? What's what's the thing most you miss from France? Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'd say I think uh, food and. Uh, clubs the clubs <laughs> we might have to edit that one out of uh, out of this podcast i don't know no. that's the <laughs> food yeah the food i guess the food what's what's the uh, what's the one specific food you miss the most um the one specific food i think it would be just like i don't know just the uh, the quality of uh, ingredients just always fresh so like uh, lots of like I don't know I love Italian food mm -hmm. and like all like just good bread. are you allowed to say that as a French person that you love Italian <laughs> yeah, food is that yeah, is that something you can yeah, admit we, we do love Italian <laughs> food as French people but yeah no just like uh, yeah I don't know good quality ingredients like fresh stuff uh, from clothes uh sea stuff I, lo I love uh, fish and things like this here we're all far is, from is there an American food that that you particularly enjoy Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, uh, cornbread. I never cornbread. had it before. <laughs> I, I had this with Matsy. I was like, oh, this is, this ain't bad. Cornbread's good cornbread's stuff. Cornbread's good stuff. That's, can't go wrong that's with one American food that is really American and I never tried before. Uh, yeah, I liked it. So we talked a little bit about how, how much the training changed and, and it was uh, a bit more, right, more than yep. you used to. Do you have any any specific memories, like favorite workouts, hardest workouts? I do, I do. Uh, I'm gonna say okay. I'm gonna say two that I really remember well. So one from high school. Uh, I remember like every two months or 
yeah, every two months we would do on Saturday morning, seven times 400 freestyle, all freestyle. It was on six or six minutes, so lots, lots of rest. And then by uh, 400, the rest would descend by uh, 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. So you and you had to descend the time. So you gain less rest as you go through, and you have to go faster. As yeah, you go exactly. Through. And you have to descend the time too by 10 seconds. So you start off pretty chill on the first one, and then you end up going all out. And it was a rough set, but I, I liked it. And then at McGill, uh, there's one set that we called The Set. The Set, just The, the set. set. And um, I did it every year. Uh, we would do it every, like, two to three months, too, uh, on Saturday morning. And it was 450s uh, all out on 110. Uh, f four one hundreds on one. What is it on one on one thirty? I think. Then four fifties again, four ones, and then two fifties. All everything best average all out. As fast as you can hold. As fast much. as you can hold. And my first three years, I did um, the hundreds in freestyle and I was doing the 50s in either backstroke or fly mm -hmm. and then my uh, and I could really see the improvements you know every year I, uh, I could you really could see the improvements your, I could really progress. track yeah yeah we would track every time like every 50 time and 100 time we would track it we would like note it and then my last year I did it I switched it once I did it alone because also when we would do it we were like five per lane mm -hmm. so it was like very wavy and just like super hard and then once I did it the opposite way so I did no I did all fly and I was swimming faster than my like second year when I was in freestyle your butterfly times are now faster yeah. than your and, freestyle times and I, I definitely think that's the best set I've I've done to date I think and I was swimming like really fast I was holding like a minute so 101 lows in fly on the hundreds and that's short course meters yeah and I was like 20 sixes on the 50s it was a really good set it was just ridiculously hard because the heart rate like you produce a lot of, la of lactate during the, f the 50s and then your heart rate is really high up and you need to do like threshold and hold it through the hundreds ones and hold it and then you go back into lactate again in the 50s and, and, and just back and forth it's painful but it was good what about here at Mizzou any, any workouts stick out here at Mizzou um um, one specific workout, I mean, we always do different stuff, so I can't really, uh, do I have one specific workout? Uh, not really, I guess it's like bits and pieces, like the, the 650s we would do at the end of every practice on Monday. So we were doing, for the first half of the season, the end of every Monday, we would finish with 650s, trying to hold basically the average of your goal, 200, and if you did it, the next week, it would go five seconds less rest, and you had to try again. Exactly. And you start on a minute, and then we ended up going on 40. Yeah, so so Clem ended up making 650s on 40, holding 24s on fly. Yeah. And then had to go back up. <laughs> and then we started had to start a little bit again. faster. And then we started a little bit faster with only four. Only four, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, no, the, this set was really challenging and because it's also, like, you can measure your improvement or not every week. And um, I get very frustrated when I don't, uh, I guess, succeed in, in, in practice or hit a time or a goal time I have. 
So I, I never, I'm not really used to like, I guess, failing in practice at all. Because whenever, like, usually there's no like set times I need to hit in practice. It's right. just like I go hard and then, and then whatever. You base off the effort. Exactly. Whereas here, it's like really like there's a set time and you can clearly see if you're hitting it or not. And every time I would miss, I would just be so mad. And that was, I mean, that was part of the intentional design of the set and the progression they were going through is I did not expect. I mean, I, I pretty much expected you guys to get it maybe like once every third week, once every fourth week. Some people maybe never even to get it. And it was, can we be okay with failing and getting up and putting forth the effort again next week? Yeah. Like Kind of like I was talking about before, learning how to struggle. And that's, that's part of it because we are in a very intense conference. We're in a very intense sport where you're going to fail a lot no matter how good you are. Even the best of us are going to – and even someone who's, you know, breaking world records, if they want to reach their maximum potential, they have to learn how to fail and – and get up and go again so that was there was a serious mental side to that set as well yeah I think I stayed what three weeks on 45 and then three weeks on 40 yeah I think so it was rough and then and, was, and then after, after at some point I was just approaching Monday afternoon like like it was a meet like I was playing my life because I, was, <laughs> I, I just had to make it I had to make the set <laughs> And yeah, so yeah, it was fun. And then I mean, I think that's a good insight into into the way you tick, right? Like, yeah. if there's a goal there, you're gonna do it. You're gonna change your life to yeah. to make sure you can go get it. Exactly. I would put on compression before practice on Monday. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> just, just like you know, recover the Monday morning after practice for an hour and a half in the training room just to make sure I was tapered. Get ready for that Monday <laughs> afternoon practice. I love it. That's, That's great. Just tapers for yeah. the <laughs> test yeah. Taper for Monday afternoon. And uh, we, we also, what I was not used to doing at all was um, 25s on the water. Uh, and kick not not necessarily all out, but just like a breath hold on really short intervals. And then I remember the first week we were doing like 825s with fins on like 20, and I don't think I could hold them at all. I, I held like maybe three. And then by the end of the last, like the semester, I, at some point I think I did six 25s on 15 without fins. Without fins. Was, yeah, and I was like, oh. I remember that that first time you came to the one. You're like, "Is anybody making these? Is anybody, no one's making these?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah Jack, Will, Ben." I looked <laughs> off like eight guys. And you're like, "No way!" Yeah, I, I, at the beginning, the first month, I was getting beat by 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 girls. I remember Taylor was making it, and I wasn't. I was like, "God, <laughs> I need to step up. I need to do something." So yeah, every time you feel like you're gonna die underwater, but no, you're not. And that's that's something that is really important in NCAA swimming. The yards, that's the, the major difference between yep. uh, short course yards and even short course meters because it's it's more than 60% of your race because it's, it's not 15 yards, it's 15 meters off every wall. So you yeah. can go more than 60% of the race underwater and uh, it's it's a weapon. It's, sure, it's hard. Sure. You have to be able to train it, it to do it. It helps on the, on the last underwaters for sure in fly and a two fly. I, I could barely do three kicks on in my first dual meet against uh, Georgia and ASU, and now I'm doing seven to eight on the last underwater, so. Yeah, and you look at everybody from the top at SECs, like everyone you race there, all of them have underwaters that are lethal. Yeah. And if you watch, especially if you watch, like we just watched your turner back from SECs and finals the other day, and and how much you just destroyed the guy. That guy tried to make a move on you, and you destroyed him on that last wall. On the underwater, yeah. On the underwater. 
What uh, what are some of your interests outside of swimming? What do you like to do to get away from swimming? Um, I, I, I like to play any any sport. So recently here, <laughs> been playing a lot of ping pong, a tennis table. Yeah. Table tennis. Uh, Who are you playing ping pong I, with? Uh, everyone. I'm trying everyone. I'm playing everyone. Who's yeah. who's good? Who's who's the opponent? Really good. Really good. I heard Will Goodwin. I've I've played him once a while ago, but he was too good, so it was not fun. I, <laughs> ben was too good, huh? <laughs> and and yeah, no. Uh, uh, Have yeah, you played Amy really Federson? Good. I've heard Amy's I've really heard, good. I've heard she's good. She's, she's, there's I've a legend going around that Amy is unbeatable, so I'm just I've curious. I've never seen it. <laughs> I've never seen it. Never seen it. <laughs> I only trust what I see. I didn't see it. But yeah, no, I've been I've been playing a lot and improving so much. Yeah. I was, I was, is that, do you guys uh, play back in France or is that a, kind no, of an American thing? I never thing? played really before. I never had a tennis table before. And yeah, so here I've been practicing and I'm getting better yeah <laughs> watch out <laughs> <laughs> watch out why are you gonna come back for Ben now that you've improved yeah, I'm gonna come back from Ben I'm come back for Ben after NCAAs <laughs> show, him, show him what you've learned yeah so yeah no I like um, yeah being competitive in every any anything any yeah any sport any activity games or things like this and then yeah I like to I don't know, try new things, uh, do new experiences, meet new people, and listen to music. Yep. Just, yep. A residential DJ. <laughs> exactly, at the pool. <laughs> I like to play music at the pool a lot. <laughs> bring, in the, bring in the beats for practice. Exactly. Up, up the energy level. Exactly. So Same I'm, songs for seven minutes. <laughs> those, those long techno beats. I know that the Olympics is a big goal of yours. Yeah. Especially... Paris, yep. be in your home cool. Olympics. Uh, is that? Do you see that as the end, or do you see if you make it, you keep going? Like, what? Where? Where does your future go? Um, well, that's a really good question. Um, so I, it depends on how it goes, and if I'm, I'm satisfied with, uh, with my results. But I mean, also it depends on. Where can I train and where do I want to train after the Olympics? You know, like if uh, if the process still excites me and I'm still loving it, I will I will keep on doing it. But if it doesn't or if I can't find a place where that I like training, where I like training, maybe not. I don't know. It depends. But right now I'm I'm more focused on on the Olympics and even figuring out where I'll be next year. <laughs> what would that mean to you? To represent France in your home Olympics, I mean that that, that would be huge. That would be a, a dream come true. I mean, I mean the dream. I didn't even really dream of it when I was a kid because, I mean, I wasn't not, I wasn't good at all. You know, I wasn't good enough. So I, I would I wouldn't even. You know, there's a lot of uh, when you're in high school or before when you're younger. There's a lot of people that say, oh yeah, I want to go to the Olympics. I want to make the Olympics and. They never make it, you know, because right. most of the people don't. Yeah. And so I didn't want to be that kid who was like, oh, yes, I want to go to the Olympics and then not go, you know. So I never really allowed myself to to make it a, a goal until last year. And that's when you started thinking, yeah. like, this is yeah. a real goal for now me. Now I can make it, so now I can say that I'm going for it. <laughs> yeah. That's- yeah. Was there a specific? Was it was it winning nationals or was it before then? Like, was there a specific moment where you, um, you said, "Okay, this is real. I'm a high level athlete now. I, like, these are where I need to set my sights." I think it's definitely my last year, uh, where where like what I was seeing, what I was doing in practice uh, in Canada, and then 
how I swam at nationals just like kind of sealed the deal. Yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, I got this. This is, this is where I'm going now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we're pretty much running out of time here. We like to end our our podcast each time with a Chris question. So Coach Chris is known. He's our distance coach for those that, <laughs> yeah, that don't listen that much. And uh, he's known for his conversation starter questions. So we got one question from him today. And uh, it's, it's one that I don't know if I have an answer to. So the Chris question for the day is, if you were time traveled back to ancient Rome okay. today, yeah. what is the one technology that you could teach the Romans. And uh, I, I realized that I would be pretty useless. I think uh, I, without my internet connection, I don't think I could learn anything. Like, I couldn't... What I, could I actually think I'd do a bit better just because I do have a physics degree. So, like, I at least know a lot of the basics for, like electrons and like I could talk about electrical forces so you think you could teach someone you could show them electricity maybe not fully but I could at least explain the concept during the portion because they were smart looking at like what they did with aqueducts engineering and, and roads yeah like if you gave them the concept and explained like how that exists they could probably figure it out pretty quick if they had the materials with them so I feel like I could teach like there's like you know you could talk about graffiti you could talk about like astronomy and how the earth is the center and not the sun but then I also feel like they might murder me because <laughs> that's like what they did right like you come out and you're like talking about oh no the earth's the center of the Depends the sun's the center of the universe and not the man I just got it wrong the sun the earth revolves around <laughs> the sun and then all of a sudden they burn you at the stake right or something <laughs> I mean I guess it depends on when you go because uh, sometimes it was like more of a republic than like a true empire. Or an empire versus, yeah. So eh, it was a long time. Or, or I might be like, don't use lead in your pipes, guys. Like, yeah, that's what they think you do what that. lead was. <laughs> Dispose of your poop better so that you don't all die of bacterial infections. The problem is, how would you even talk to them? Like, well, you'd have to know Latin, I guess, hypothetically. <laughs> hypothetically, you just show up out of nowhere in like jeans and a hoodie on, <laughs> and you're just like, "What's up, guys?" They murder you instantly, <laughs> or they might, maybe they'd worship you. I don't know. Maybe you'd yeah. be. Uh... Depends on how flashy your entrance is. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. What about you, Clem? I, I have no idea. <laughs> I'd teach them how to swim. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Teach them butterfly. I would make the best swimmer on, uh, on the hey, they, they had Olympics back they, then, they right? Did. They had the Olympics back then. you take them like, to Greece and uh, yeah. win the swimming races. Yeah, I would pick my winning horse and then... You got this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's the time we got. Thank you, Clem, for joining us. Noah, do you have any final thoughts? Hmm. It's starting to get warm, so go outside and enjoy the nice weather. Not today, though. <laughs> Not, Not today. today. Not today. Not, but Not today here. But it was soon. nice this week. Yeah, it hopefully was very soon. nice. I loved it. All right. Well, we'll hopefully be back soon with a uh, preview of women's NCAAs. But until then, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. This has been Inside Mizzou Athletics, brought to you by Shelter Insurance. Find an agent for your auto, home, and life at shelterinsurance.com. From Learfield.